0: White smoke poured from the chimney of the House of Representatives as Kevin McCarthy finally got enough votes to become Speaker on the 15th ballot. What does any of that mean? We'll get into all of that. Also, with DeMar Hamlin's health improving, and after an emotional weekend for NFL players and their fans, we'll talk about football through the eyes of the women on The View. Can't wait for that. That plus a contest winner, the news of the day, and a life lesson about fun all on this episode of Dale Carter's America. From the heart of flyover country, he's not on the far right, and he's certainly not on the far left. Like you, he's somewhere in the middle. This is Dale Carter's America. with Kurt Wheeler. I am Dale Carter, and uh, this is Dale Carter's America, and we had our very first ever contest on the podcast. We may do more of this. Uh, our first winner, we had the 50th anniversary Chiefs Arrowhead Football, uh, and also a hundred bucks from the coffers at Dale Carter's America, and uh, it, was, uh, it was to get more folks to go to the YouTube channel so you can actually see some of the things that we're talking about, because we combine videos, clips... Pictures, graphs, all kinds of different things uh, on the YouTube page. And you can also get the visual where else, Kurt? Uh, YouTube and Rumble are the two main places. YouTube and Rumble. And
1: you get to also see our beautiful faces. I mean, what's wrong with that?
0: I'm wearing my Missouri Tigers pullover, uh, and it's it's very warm because one of the, the behind-the-scenes things is uh, because of the cameras that we use now, we got to keep it really cold in the studio, so I'm always cold when I'm in here, so look for me. If you see me in short sleeves, you'll see that I'm wearing something under the short sleeves as well, uh, so it's always cold in here. So walk me through the contest and how it turned out.
1: Uh, turned out great. So um, yeah, we had a lot of people comment on the YouTube video for our 100th episode. And if you haven't, please go and subscribe uh, to Dale Carter's America on YouTube or Rumble. Um, we will be doing other contests in the future, I'm sure for other things. And uh, really, like you said, we're just trying to get more traffic to the YouTube page. So we did pick a winner. Uh, it is Kelly Burns. I responded to her comment on YouTube and I sent her a Facebook message. So Kelly, If you're listening, you won. Please
0: respond. All right, (laughs) Kelly. Congratulations. Let me know, because I have to write a check out of the coffers of Dale Carter's America. And since I have not won Mega Millions, um, you know it's still kind of tight in there. Uh, Maybe I'll get a ticket tonight and win the $1.1 billion in Mega Millions tonight. Are you going to play? Do you play? I've never done it. No, maybe I will, though. I mean, what's your chances? Like one in...
1: A million? exactly but <laughs> but
0: at the end of the day when they say one ticket sold in Wyoming for blah 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 right, right. you at least want to know you had a shot right and, wh- and how much are the tickets? They're like two bucks. okay yeah, maybe I will go buy yeah. one. yeah, screw it. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> if you don't see me tomorrow, you know why <laughs> It gets me to my rant of the week here because maybe the people who don't get their license plate stuff taken care of, will win the mega millions and they'll take care of this stuff um what you're seeing on the youtube page and rumble right now um and we'll just describe it to you i went into hy-vee and blue springs yesterday to get a few things at the grocery store i pull in next to this van this Toyota van um and it's got a temp tag on the back and the expiration date is august 11th of 2020 that's one day before my birthday in 2020. Yeah, yeah. this is 2023. Okay, it's an expired tag. It looks like it's in pretty good shape, and I, I hear there are people out there making these things. Mm. Um, I mean, yeah. it looked like it, there's. It's not in plastic. It's just sitting there. Right. Um, and so I said to myself, I'm going to go in the store, and if this vehicle is still parked next to me when I come back. I'm taking a picture of it, and I'm going to put it up on Facebook. Because you know we all have things that that just bug the shit out of us. Like this morning, I got here, and again, somebody had left a K-cup pod in the Keurig machine. (laughs) That also gets on my last nerve. I have been guilty of that one. I I don't think it was yours, because I know what your brand is. It was somebody else, but uh, it was in there. Okay, so what does it take... To get a permanent license tag, I'll tell you, you got to pay your personal property taxes, right? Yep. You got to pay sales tax on the vehicle that you buy, um, and then there's a little charge for the actual license plate itself. Yet this is becoming more and more prevalent. It's since since I just went through this with my own car, um, I'm starting to look for these things. And so when I see a temp tag driving down I-70 or whatever, I look at it, and most of them are expired. Kurt. They're expired. Well, yeah, because they're only good for what, like a thirty couple... days. Oh, a month. Yeah, okay. They're 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 good for a month, and you know, and I've got this troll who's trolling me now, trolled me on the uh, Dale Carter's America page, and I, I heard something this morning from a country music artist that if you don't get some trolls on social media, you're probably not doing your job well. Yeah. So the the fact that we have some trolls out there, that's <laughs> probably means we're doing our job well. Right, right, um, right. But he gets on me and he goes, well. Because in my post that you've put up here from Facebook, I said, is there a chance this guy's not paying for car insurance, right? Because if you're not going to take care of this, you're not going to take care of that. And he goes, well, how do you know he doesn't have car insurance? You're painting with a broad brush. And if what we hear about you is true, maybe we should watch out for you when you're on the road. With my driving record. Oh, yeah. Hey, taking a shot at it. Yeah. Uh, and that gives me a great opportunity to talk about Bob Watson. He's our state farm agent, and uh, he's really taken care of me over the last 27 years. And, yep, I have hit some things. My kids have hit things. You know, we've had to deal with some stuff. At least uh, you haven't hit your kids. <laughs> what's the statute of limitations on that yeah. uh anyway um 7th and maine in blue springs 816-229-7878 auto home life commercial insurance bob watson can handle it all uh he is at 7th and maine in blue springs but he also does insurance work in missouri and kansas he's licensed in both and he's ready to take your phone call and uh you know when, when i bought the new vehicle he was my first call now you know there are people out there 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 who say go back to the other slide there of the uh, expired temp tag they're like what does it matter to you well here's why it matters to me it matters to me because number one i'm going to be the boomer here so the younger folks are going to go okay boomer okay boomer Um, But this is the stuff that you take care of in your life. And and I I had a guy named uh, John reach out to me, and I said something on the air that, you know, maybe if these people win the $1.1 billion, they'll take care of these little things in their life. And he goes, nah, they probably wouldn't do that either. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, you're probably right. But then think about this. They do have money for things like cell phones, Mm -hmm. booze, Mm -hmm. lottery tickets. They got money for just about everything that they want to do. This is just a sign. Mm -hmm. It's it's just a symptom of what's going on in this country that people aren't taking care of the little things you've got to do to be a grown up.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you look at uh, statistics on people who are poor or on welfare, for example, uh, and like purchases of luxury, quote unquote, luxury or uh, you know non-essential items yeah. like TVs, cell phones, sneakers, things like that, uh, it's very disproportionate. So people who people who don't have the money or claim they don't have the money to spend on groceries and things like that, or on food stamps, actually spend money on, you know, things that they don't really need. It's very common.
0: There's been a break somewhere in all this. I mean, you're quite a bit younger than I am. Um, I I was a grandchild of grandparents who survived the Great Depression, and I remember growing up uh, with my parents, and the message that I got when I was growing up, Kurt, was, you will never have enough money. Mm -hmm. You will never have enough money take care of all the little things too in your life um, and, and I've grown up with that and that's kind of been my thing and but there's a break because one of my four kids he would have this temp tag due right? He just doesn't take care of stuff. He gets a ticket he throws it in the back of the truck you know gets a letter from Missouri throws it in the back of the truck you know and and that had some bad consequences and guess who was there to bail him out? Dad, mm. so and maybe that's my problem. Maybe maybe I'm enabling him. Maybe maybe my generation that went through this, hearing this from our grandparents and parents. Maybe we're enabling your generation and saying it's okay. I'm going to be here for you. I'm your um, you know I'm your safety net.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's something to tough love. Obviously, you know, you want people to to learn uh, valuable lessons, and sometimes that comes the hard way. But um, I mean. Family is important too, and if stuff happens, you want to be there for people, but there's a balance there somewhere. I don't know. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, let's go on to something else that uh, there's a big buzzword what about ism. Has that been a word of the year in the dictionary yet? What about ism? Oh, I'm sure it has. Yeah. Yeah. What about ism? Because this is going to be a what about ism moment. Um, but we definitely have a reason for bringing it up because President Biden is down in Mexico. We've got some stuff to say about that. But first before we can even get there, reporters were yelling at him in his conference with the Mexican president and the Canadian Prime minister about um, documents that were found um, you know secure documents that were classified documents that were found in an office he used after he was vice President of the United States. That's right. The headline
1: from CBS News, exclusive classified documents from Joe Biden's vice presidential office were discovered by the president's personal attorneys at the Penn Biden Center, a think tank in Washington,
0: D.C. First of all, he's got a think tank. I mean, that is almost as Red funny flag. as anything else in here. Yeah. It's a Biden think tank. Yeah. Think is the operative word there, yes. I guess. <laughs> um, so, you know, we've got the documents here. You have a clip of them shouting the questions at him um, and he's just like sitting there.
1: I think I might have dropped that one. I bet. Got it
0: here. Oh, here's the clip about when he was on 60 Minutes. Go back to okay, that, because okay. that's that's interesting, too. Okay. So
1: here's him. This this was uh, in regards to Trump supposedly having yeah. classified documents.
0: Execution of a search warrant at a Lago. No. Not ahead of time. The FBI spread the documents out on a floor to make a record of what was found. When you saw the photograph... When of the top secret documents laid out on the floor at mar-a-lago what did you think to yourself looking at that image
2: how that could possibly
0: happen yeah so, wanted- so now we're asking the same question you know president biden how could this possibly happen now here's the here's the thing about this kurt i mean this just blew me away this morning this is how nbc news handled the news and and i think how the other uh, networks out there are handling the news See if you can figure out what my problem is with this. Former President Donald Trump led a chorus of Republican outrage Monday after reports that the Justice Department is investigating how a dozen classified documents wound up at the offices of a think tank President Biden used after his term as vice president ended. Trump wrote on social media, when is the FBI going to raid the many homes of Joe Biden, perhaps even the White House? So... It's almost like the media and the left, if they can find a way to throw Trump into this, they defuse it. yeah, it's and it's not only
1: Trump, it's just
0: the opposition.
1: it's Republicans and conservatives in general. A lot of people have pointed this out, but it's like anytime that Republicans do something bad, it's oh look at Republicans doing something bad and anytime Democrats doing something do something bad, the story is Republicans pounce on on uh, you know Biden. So the headline of the story is not about, Biden having classified documents the headline of the story is about Trump being mean and, re- and you know reacting to to the headline. I have another one here also from uh, NBC News that says breaking a quote small number of documents with classified markings found at a think tank in Washington DC tied to President Biden have been turned over to the Department of Justice for review. Nothing to
0: see here. Mm, nothing to see here. That's one of the fly, the plays that they use. Um, it's a very small playbook that the Democrats have, and um, Trump is, is one of the plays. So Trump is prevalent in this story, even though he's not president anymore. Joe Biden's president. Right. Why isn't it just... Documents were found in an office that he used. Why do they have to bring Donald Trump into it? Yeah, and it was a it was a small number of documents, so mm, it's fine. Very small number, yeah. um, much like the number of illegal aliens that the president saw when he went to El Paso. This picture that you're showing, you know, on YouTube and Rumble. I mean, it says it all. Yeah, I'm going full screen with this just so you can see it. <laughs> Before and after. Before on Wednesday, the same street. There's. It's just littered with people, littered with people and their stuff. It's all right there. And then the next day they've sanitized it. So when President Biden goes down there, it's like, I don't see anything. Nothing to see here.
1: Yeah. And they also are like walking him through like a parking lot and they're just like walking, you know, they're not taking him anywhere that is really meaningful in terms of where people are actually going to be illegal, you know, coming in. They're just showing him. I don't know. They probably took him to a taco restaurant or something like that. <laughs> Maybe got some ice cream.
0: Well, and then he, you know, he did the walk along the wall that Donald Trump built. That he stopped. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, we like that you know,
0: too. I'm the president, and this here's our wall, and it's working really good. Even though I stopped construction of it. Here Look it at is. this.
1: Huh. What's this, man? This gravel's kind of hard to walk on, man. <laughs> God, I might need a cane over here. <laughs>
0: He, I mean, oh, he's,
1: oh, oh, is, he, is he corn pop? Oh, come on!
0: At least he's shaking hands with somebody and not looking to shake hands with nobody who's there. I mean, we've <laughs> seen that look before, too. Right? I mean, you know, this is just—I don't know. I can't wait to see what uh, the the, um, the the folks who reach out to us on uh, the podcast page have to say about what we're saying about this. It's like, what about that? What about that? What about that? I yeah. just said, just yeah, yeah.
1: And I mean, you you bring up the the point that they're. They're having this, like, photo op. Like, he's he's not really doing anything. He's just shaking hands. He's walking, talking to people. I'm sure he was here for five minutes or less, and then they left. Look where they picked to walk on the border. There's a yep. giant wall Exactly. <laughs> You're not getting
0: through that. You know, I
1: mean, they're not going to obviously take the president of the United States to a part of the border that's unsecured. Shouldn't that tell you something?
0: If he really cared about what's going on there, he would make an undisclosed trip, you know, just just to see what's going on. To see what we see every day, because you know you can see it on Fox News Channel. I'm sure they're making it up, though. That's what the left would say. Yep. And you can just see, you know, a line of people who look like ants coming across the border. Yeah, thousands and, of them.
1: And you, that's another great point, Dale, because they they made the same argument the media did when Trump was president. Um, you know, he was trying to travel down for like hurricane relief or traveling to the border and they're like oh well he shouldn't be doing that there's so many resources that have to go into uh traveling with the president and like it's creating all this unnecessary uh you know chaos in in the system and it's costing taxpayers money for him to travel why can't he just do it discreetly or do it over the phone or something like that and here is Biden doing the same exact thing. Mm-hmm.
0: We, we say on the podcast that elections have consequences. It's a line we borrowed from former President Barack Obama because it's very true. Um, and in Arizona, where Democrats are running the show now, uh, the Biden administration called them and said, hey, this uh, container, shipping container wall that you've put up, uh, we want that taken down. Uh, And so now Democrats in Arizona are taking it down. You're seeing the video, or is that just a picture? It's a video. Okay. Uh, You're you're seeing them take down the container wall, and the residents who live in that area are livid because it was actually working. Yeah, yeah. They were doing something to try and stop the flood of illegal people coming into the country. Yeah, I mean, a a wall is a wall. It can be
1: made out of brick or fence or containers or, (laughs) uh, you know, wood or whatever you can make it out of. I mean, it just needs to be a physical barrier. And here you can see um, them taking it down. It was a bunch of empty containers. Mm. And I mean, just the amount of money that was spent in putting it up. It was up for like a month or something, not very long. And then taking it back down again, it's just, it, it's sad. It shows you where
0: our country's priorities lie at the federal level. Right. Well, the, um, speaking of priorities, great transition, Kurt. Uh, the Pentagon is ordering a Defense Department-wide initiative. This should not be a surprise to anyone because they've been talking about it for a while, but the order has now been given to get rid of 1,100, that's 1,100, building names, symbols, statues, and displays that tie to the Confederate States of America. So, you know, you're talking about Confederate generals who are part of American history, you know, our imperfect history that we have, um... They were great Americans before the Civil War broke out, and then you know they were on the losing side. So there are people out there, my good friend Bill Fickle will say all day long, I'm going to paraphrase what he would say, they were on the losing side. Why should we glorify them? Well, you know, a lot of these names of bases and stuff have been in place for a very long time. So there's a couple of issues. One is the amount of money it's going to take to do all this, which is going to be substantial, in a country that's $31 trillion in debt. And then the other side of it is, what are the next logical steps? That's what we talk about on the podcast. What are the next logical steps? Okay, well, let's look at it. They're taking down everything that relates to the Confederate States of America. Um, So any ship that's named Virginia or Georgia, USS Georgia or Alabama, um, that ties to the Confederate States of America. They were Confederate States, right? Why not take that down? And then you've got, okay, what's the next logical step? Any American who owned slaves in the uh, 18th century. Donald Trump makes that point.
2: George Washington was a slave owner. Was George Washington a slave owner? So will George Washington now lose his status? Are we going to take down, excuse me, are we going to take down, are we going to take down statues to George Washington? How about Thomas Jefferson? What do you think of Thomas Jefferson? You like him? Okay, good. Are we going to take down the statue? Because he was a major slave owner. Now, are we going to take down his statue? So you know what? It's fine. You're changing history. You're changing culture. And you had people, and I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis and the white nationalists, because they should be condemned totally. But you had many people in that group other than neo-Nazis and white nationalists, okay? And the press has treated them... Absolutely unfairly. Now in the other group also you had some fine people but you also had troublemakers and you see them come with the, with the black outfits and with the helmets and with the baseball bats you got a, you had a lot of bad you had a lot of bad people
0: in. The well other that's group. the uh, that's the thing that came out of Charlotte right Charlottesville. Charlottesville yeah. okay um, but the point he made there was was the point I'm making about the next logical steps in all this stuff George Washington. Thomas Jefferson. Mm -hmm. You know, there was a uh, school in San Francisco that was named for Abraham Lincoln, and they took that name down. Yeah. The great emancipator. (laughs) Yeah. So this, it just gets ridiculous after a while. And, you know, we're going to pay hard earned money that we don't have. They're going to print more money, more uh, monopoly money in the basement to what? Didn't we determine the cost of this was in the millions? Oh, I'm sure. I mean, the government is very inefficient with how they spend money. So
1: I'm yeah. sure it's going to be in the many, many, many millions, if not the billions, because so, people people make the point. It's like, oh, it's just changing a name. It's not that big of a deal. But you have to it's not just changing a name. I mean, you have to go on to all of the infrastructure that's involved and change the name that signage includes signage websites. Um, you know, all across the, the documentation of the military. And that takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of money. So, yeah, it's not cheap.
0: So there you go. Our friends on the left who have been railing for this, you got it. I just wonder what the next logical step is. And if you think about it, there are other logical steps and they will fall. And the people who scream about this stuff, they won't be satisfied here. What I have learned, Kurt, is once groups that are upset about things, once they claim this hill, They want the next hill.
1: Oh, yeah. The left is never satisfied. The left is never satisfied. And I think you make a great point. You know, we should be putting a stake in the ground today uh, with this move by the military to change all these names. And let's look back in five years or or ten years and see how far the the fence post has moved because they're not going to stop there. They're going to be changing the names of Washington, Jefferson. I mean, we have – entire monuments in D.C. dedicated to our founding fathers, so what's going to happen to those?
0: Yep, exactly. Um, the city of Washington, for instance, Yeah, Washington, George Washington was a slave owner, and he talked about uh, Thomas Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson not only owned slaves, he raped them, Yeah, <laughs> right? He
1: had, he had illegitimate children with, yes. with one. Yeah. Do
0: you think they had the ability to consent to their master? No. And yet the left reveres Thomas Jefferson, so there's a lot of hypocrisy at work here. Um, the Fed foreseeing higher interest rates for some time to come. Now, their goal at the Fed is sustained downward path to 2%. We're nowhere near that. And they keep ratcheting it up, ratcheting it up. And that's why I, I care so much about the debt. People are like, well, when Trump was there spending money, you didn't care anything about the debt. Well, inflation was running at less than 2% right? So it was free money, literally. That's when I probably should have taken out a second on my house because it was free money. It's not free money anymore. And, and the net effect to all these people that the Democrats say they're helping, they're hurting them. Um, because, for instance, I use myself as an example because I know my own situation. Um, I did buy a new car. The last time I bought a new car was 2015. And when I bought that car, Kurt, I qualified for 0.0% APR. Mm. You don't get 00 anymore. No. I have sterling credit, which I'm proud of because I built it. Um, I have sterling credit, and I got a 6% rate over five years on a car. Mm. That's yeah. where we are right now, and that's that's one of the two issues at play here. The other issue at play is when you look at a $31 trillion debt, we're paying the interest on that debt. We are we have to pay the interest on that debt. no way around that. So the interest on that debt at a two percent inflation rate versus a six percent or eight percent inflation rate, I mean it's it's double and triple. yeah, 100 um, percent. We're just spending
1: ourselves into oblivion here. <laughs> so it's not and it matters. Yeah, of course it matters, and it's not going to change until we do something about it. We'll get into the House stuff later, but you know, the House has the power of the purse. They may be able to do something about it, Um, but of course enforcement comes from the executive branch, so there's problems there too. But um, until we change spending, it's just going to keep getting
0: worse. And I have questions about that, which we'll get into as we move into the next segment. The House of Representatives, the 118th Congress, um, the Speaker thing has been decided now. Um, I, I have questions about that, but let's start here, and that's Byron Donald's representative out of Florida. Um, he was one of the 20, right? It, it kept coming up like 20 votes short because they were voting for somebody else. He was one of the folks who was um, nominated to be Speaker of the House. Um, <laughs> and then it's with the Democrats, we, we you know, play number one in every Democrat playbook across this country is. It's racist. Mm-hmm. Anytime they can tie in race to it, they are going to. So, Byron Donalds, in case you don't know that, is a black man who also happens to be a Republican, a conservative Republican, very conservative, probably more conservative than I am. He's, he's more in the, the Kurt Wheeler line of the Republican Party. Um, and, you know, that got him in hot water with Corey Bush from Missouri, who is loony left. Yeah. She is the looniest of the left. She's, she's one of the worst. She's loonier than AOC. Yeah. You know, and so she goes after Byron Donalds because he's our token black guy. Yeah. And, you know, play the clip with, uh, is that Stuart Varney? I believe it is. Fox Business. Yeah. I yeah. Think so your Democrat colleague, sure. Corey Bush attacked you online in a tweet. She calls you a prop for upholding white supremacy. I'd like you to take. I'm just going to
1: pause it right there because she he doesn't read the full clip. So for people just listening to the audio, this is a tweet from Corey Bush. FWIW, do you know what that? For what it's worth. For what it's worth, thank you. Hey, Dale Carter with the millennial slang. Everybody, Dang. look at that! Look at that! All right, cheers. Uh, for what it's worth, Byron <laughs> Donalds is not a historic candidate for Speaker. He is a prop. Despite being black, he supports a policy agenda intent on upholding and perpetuating white supremacy. His name being in the mix is not progress. It's pathetic. Yeah. Continuing the clip.
0: This opportunity to respond to that, sir. Well, I mean, first of all, I I thought it was just blatantly outrageous. Um, First, you know, man, that that sucked, man. To be honest with you, man, I'm sorry. I, I feel, you know, bad that she really put that out there because... You know, if you see a black man rising, I mean, let the man rise, well, even
1: if you don't agree with him. Specifically to my policies, I would argue that she should sit down and debate me one-on-one.
0: And let's do that, Stu. We could do it on your program. We could do it yes. on CNN. We could do it on MSNBC. I'm open to all of that. Uh, but to, to throw a statement out there, I thought was just uh, the complete wrong thing to do. Uh, you know, as a black man to a black woman, I would have never done that to her. It's, just, it's a shame that she did it to me. It was an insult. Yeah. Thank you very much. For- I love this guy. I, yeah. it, we'll get to one of the reasons I love him in a minute. But I, I, I love him not because he's black, but because he's conservative. And you don't have to be a liberal if you're black. Right. You don't. You can be. This is America. If, if you believe that the federal government is the be-all, end-all, and the savior of everything that you need in your life, that's fine. We can have that debate. But just because you're black doesn't mean you have to see the world that way. I. We, we need to get through. This message, I think, is one of the most important that we need to get through on this podcast. Just because you are black does not mean you have to be a liberal Democrat. It's totally true.
1: And then, you know, the opposite is true for the left, too. You know, they, they view that just because you're black doesn't mean that you're not a white supremacist. You know, I mean, for Cori Bush to come out and, and uh, call him that, I mean, and it, that's not the first time, obviously. You know, many people who are not white, uh, put it that way i've been called racist white supremacist i mean recently we had larry elder running in Cal, uh, california he was there was some kind of new york times or washington post headline about him being the black face of white supremacy and it's very common it's very sad and it's pathetic
0: yeah clarence thomas yeah you know supreme court justices face this kind of stuff we love clarence thomas mm-hmm. not because he's black But because he's conservative, because he's the best judge on the court, that's why we like him. (laughs) Exactly, and and another reason that we love Byron Donalds because Byron Donalds on the steps of the Capitol, you know, the reporters were like, "Aren't you worried about retribution?"
1: worried about retribution after the fact there was threats that folks that weren't going to vote for McCarthy would be kicked off committees? Now you put yourself in a, in a pretty public position opposing who, the person that could be the speaker. Are you worried about retribution? Man, I'm two, two I'm not worried about that. <laughs> I love that. I love that. What a great
0: classic answer. Oh, boy. Okay, so are we all singing Kumbaya again? Are we all friends? Do we all love each other again because we got the speaker voted in and all the concessions that it took to get there? I mean, are you good? Um, What, you're asking me? You you weren't a McCarthy guy.
1: Yeah, I mean – I'm still not a McCarthy guy, unless unless he proves me wrong, and, and I'm open to that. I'm open to. Uh, well, know. he's got
0: the gavel now, so yeah. And you know, one of the concessions he gave up is going back to pre Nancy Pelosi that any member can force a no confidence vote. Yeah,
1: yeah, and I think you know uh, what all of this proves, and I'll read through the concessions here in a second. It proves that what the 20 were doing, and specifically leaders of that movement, uh, the Matt Gates and and Lauren Boberts of the Congress. What they were doing was effective. I think that's what was proven this week. They were actually effective in making real change that would not have happened otherwise. They wouldn't have gotten these concessions if they didn't hold McCarthy's feet to the fire and and hold the establishment's feet to the fire. And we need more of that. I I applaud their their efforts. I think they did a really good job. Okay, well, let's go through these concessions. Yeah, so um, this is from Zero Hedge. So... Uh, These are the things that have changed as of this week um, that will change mainly in the rules of the House um, that got the 20 and then ultimately Boebert and Gates to vote for McCarthy. Number one. It will only take a single congressperson acting in what is known as a Jeffersonian motion to move to remove the speaker if he or she goes back on their word or policy agenda. Number two. A church-style committee will be convened to look into the weaponization of the FBI and other government organizations.
0: Stop there, because I love that. Mm -hmm. We need to do that. Yep. Number three, term limits will be put up
1: for a vote, which, has that ever happened? (laughs) Uh, Paul Ryan certainly didn't do it. John Boehner certainly didn't do it. Okay,
0: well, let's stop there on that one then, (laughs) because what would it take to get term limits? You can't do it as a rule in the House. Right. It needs to be an amendment. Amendment to the Constitution. Yeah. So basically what you're looking for here is a virtue signal that, okay, we support term limits. It's yeah,
1: n- but I mean, we've talked about this before. Uh, I think it's important. And obviously the Senate uh, with Mitch McConnell even is, is not going to pass. Not going to go anywhere. And, and, we and don't Biden a,
0: wouldn't sign it anyway. Yeah,
1: we don't have a majority in the Senate. Even. Right. Uh, but even if we did, Mitch McConnell has vocally opposed term limits and he wouldn't put the bill. So you want to take
0: some of the two years that we have the House of Representatives to have a meaningless vote on term limits?
1: Well, I mean, it shouldn't have to take very long, right? I mean, it's it's a single issue vote. OK, the, the speaker can call in and say, we're going to vote on term limits. And I, I think the the point of it is like the, the same thing with the IRS agents, uh, which we'll talk about later, they can appropriate the money. But the IRS is ultimately under the umbrella of the executive branch. So if the
0: president doesn't want to do it, he's not going to do it. Um, Uh, Let me just say, just in the macro here, about term limits. In the macro, I hate them because they are a tool of a lazy electorate. Mm -hmm. But – the caveat to that is we have a very lazy electorate, <laughs> exactly. very lazy electorate. Yeah. So, you know, because of that, you know, I'm going to support term limits. I just wonder if if, if there's any reason to do it now.
1: So. Well, and, and I'll say, too, on that, you know, term limits, a lot of these things like uh, Republicans talk about, they talk about securing the border, they talk about defunding Planned Parenthood, mm-hmm. they talk about these kind of more uh, partisan issues. Term limits is very bipartisan. I mean, if you, you, would poll, th- if you poll Americans like... Congress uh, approval rate is at record lows, you know, Mm -hmm. lower than like the worst sports team in America um, by far. So you would think that the majority of Americans would support term limits. So if we can bring that up in a single issue bill and get people on the record, that's the point. It's not that we think it's going to go through the Senate or be signed by Biden. It's we want every congressman on the record, whether they support this or not, and then it can be held against them in future elections. Okay. what's next? Okay. next is... Number four, 72-hour minimum period to read bills. Love that. Number five, the Texas border plan will be put before Congress. Number six, COVID mandates will be ended, as will all funding for them. That should have been done a long time ago. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Number seven, budget bills would
0: stop the endless increases in the debt ceiling. Absolutely. So there you go. And that's going to be the next big fight, is the debt ceiling. And let me tell you how the Democrats will couch it. We voted for all this spending, and we've got to pay for it because we have never defaulted on our obligations ever before. And, but there's got to be a first time. There's got to be a we can't do this anymore. The, you know The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and hoping for a different result. Um, And we've said it many times on this podcast in the past under Ryan and uh, Boehner. You know, Republicans were driving toward the cliff at the speed limit. Uh, The Democrats like to get there at rocket speed. uh, But we were doing it as well at the speed limit. And with these interest rates, we just can't do this anymore. And the number, I mean, it's ridiculous. We've gone from single trillion dollar uh, debt to 31 trillion dollars. Where does it end? Yeah, in the course of like 20, 30 years. Yeah, so that's got to be done.
1: 100%.
0: So that's it? That's all they had to give up? Uh, Why did it take 15 ballots to get here?
1: Well, because they, <laughs> they didn't get what they wanted. I mean, uh, he didn't have the votes. He needed to make certain concessions. He did, and then he got the votes. Yeah, so That's how it goes. Didn't get Matt Gates though. Yeah, I guess he voted uh, present. President. Yeah. But, I mean, he seems like, uh, I told you earlier, I was listening to a Twitter Spaces with him last night, and uh, he seemed, from the questions that were being asked, you know, he seemed open to, to seeing what's going to come of it. And I don't think he's being combative for the sake of being combative. You know, he just wants to see a conservative policy agenda, uh, you know, adopted. So I hope
0: he's right. Um, now, what we have is Republicans have the House. They'll have it until 2024. In, in, in my mind, Kurt, this needs to be a um, advertisement for why we need more power, why we should get more power why we need the senate why we need a republican president you know the things that they're going to do that they want to move forward with but let's be honest with each other here one branch of government while it will lock things up you know i don't think biden's going to be able to spend a whole ton of money here um they don't have a lot of power yeah
1: 100 percent. and i alluded to that uh before you know there's only so much they can do and even within that if they appropriate the money Uh, The executive branch is in charge of spending the money, and they're in charge of the IRS and uh, the FBI and everything else that is under investigation or going to be.
0: I'm not a constitutional scholar. I'm not. So we may need to dig into this and and look into this more. But that 87,000 new IRS agents, that was in the infrastructure bill that was passed, Mm -hmm. right? Yep. I don't know that the House, even though it controls the power of the purse, I don't know that they can go back through a bill that was passed and signed by the president and cherry-pick what they're not going to pay for. I don't know that they can do that.
1: I, imag- I don't know the answer either. I imagine that they could pass a new bill saying – because this happens all the time – you pass a bill – And then you write a new bill saying that this section of X
0: bill is amended or removed. but they'd have to get the Senate to go along and Biden to sign it, and that's not going to happen. Right,
1: right. And that's the point. You know, as I was mentioning before with the term limits thing, I think, you know, the next two years is about putting a stake in the ground. It's about getting people on the record on all of these key issues, even if, you know, uh, we – We don't get it to the Senate or to the president's desk, which we're probably not in most or all of these cases. We need to make the case now that we have the House, make the case to the American people, put these things up for a vote. And then in two years, uh, when 2024 comes around, we can say, here's what we've done. Here's what we voted on. They voted no on this, and this is why we need a Republican president, a Republican Senate, and XYZ.
0: I love what McCarthy said in his first speech after becoming speaker that the reason that they want to eliminate the funding for the 87,000 agents is they feel like the government should be there to help people, not go after them. Mm -hmm. That was a great line from the speaker's rostrum. Um, 87,000 new IRS agents. If you think – and I know you've got a troll out there who I've already blocked, and I don't want to hear from the guy anymore – um, who basically you're going to go into this whole fact-checking stuff. Um, but if you think we need 87,000 new agents for the IRS, you're probably okay with the fact that we have an 80,000-page tax code that is impossible to comply with. Yeah. Even if you're trying to comply with it, you'll step in a pothole. Yeah, yeah,
1: 100%. <laughs> yeah, I mean we have I guess I'll just uh, briefly mention it. So we have a good friend of the podcast who, you know, came on to one of your posts and posted a bunch of fact check articles. I don't even know if he listens to the podcast or if he just, you know. Well, I
0: blocked him, so I don't even see this stuff anymore. <laughs> oh, okay.
1: Well, I didn't. I I enjoy it. Um but he he posted a bunch of like Snopes and Politifact, Washington Post, New York Times about. Well,
0: that's what keyboard warriors do, Kurt. They go find Snopes stuff. It's like, "Well, look at this. Well, look <laughs> at this." <laughs> yeah.
1: Politifact said mostly
0: false. How about Haven't what you seen? <laughs> how about what do you say? Right. Get off the keyboard. What do you say? What do you think? What are your feelings? Yeah, yeah. If, if you really have the courage of,
1: me, of your convictions and and the facts on your side, you shouldn't need to to post Politifact articles to prove your point. But um, and Politifact is a total joke. I mean, nobody takes it seriously as they shouldn't. But you know, the I, I read the Politifact article specifically that was claiming that uh, McCarthy's claim that the IRS is hiring 87,000 new agents and other things is mostly false. They In the article, they grant that the IRS is hiring 87,000 new employees, but their caveat is that they're not all enforcement employee. They're not all enforcement agents and that, uh, yeah, they're going to be uh, looking at any transaction over $600 and, you know, hiring more agents to, to do um, audits on businesses and small businesses, but, Biden says that nobody making under $400,000 a year is going to see any change. Like, does Mm. anybody really believe that? I mean, just use your common sense, people. Like, come on.
0: (laughs) Well, this economy already, you know, just think about when you go to the grocery store, when you fill up your gas tank, you know, pay your gas and electric bill at home. Yeah. Yeah. It's, this economy is hurting you on several different fronts. And, um, yeah. So again, if you think we need 87,000 new employees, I don't care if they're janitors. Right. It means our tax code is too complicated. Right. Yeah,
1: exactly. I mean, that, that that's a great point. It's like, who cares whether they're all enforcement agents? It's more people working for the IRS... And they're coming after the average American citizens with all these new rules. Like, shouldn't, isn't that bad? Yeah. Well, you can, okay, we're going to argue about the, the, the nitpicky BS about, you know, how many agents are uh, mostly false because the, the number is, you know, 100 off or something, or because not everyone is, is going to be an enforcement agent. It's totally missing the point. Like, don't you want accountability? Don't you want the American people to be able to do what they want with their own money or not? That's yeah. the question.
0: Well, then that's one of the big differences between conservatives and liberals. Liberals think that you know, the government can do better things with your money than you can. And conservatives always believe that we can do better things with our money than the government can. Yep. And in the end, you know, whether you're liberal or conservative, you've got to agree that it's our money. Yep. It
1: starts as our money. And, and they don't even believe that. I mean, for in a lot of cases, you know,
0: yeah. it's uh, it's sad. Okay, so one of the powers that the um, House of Representatives will have, first of all, moving forward, any spending bill has to start in the House, so they can block the entire Biden agenda for the next two years. And I think that is the most important thing that they've got going. The other thing is oversight and hearings, um, and the things that they're gonna they're gonna have hearings on the origins of COVID. Wouldn't that be a bipartisan thing? Don't we all want to know where this came from? Yep. Yeah. Um, And then you get into things like, is our president compromised? Uh, The chairman of the uh, Oversight Committee, I can't think of his name. He's a congressman from Kentucky. Very well-spoken, though. And he said, I don't give a hoot about Hunter Biden. I really don't. What I want to know is, is our president compromised? And I think that's a question worth pursuing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, what's the deal with all these uh, documents, right?
2: <laughs> I mean, that's we, the other thing that's we come out care,
1: We care about classified documents, don't we? I mean, is, is Biden going to have his Delaware home raided by the FBI uh, in the middle of the night? Like Probably
0: not. And if he's not, why not? You know, if the FBI goes after Donald Trump, why doesn't it go after Joe Biden? Is he above the law? Yeah, and that's the same thing with the fact checking.
1: You know, I've seen people coming out like, well, it's not the same because uh, it's a different type of document. And it's only like 10 documents or something like that. It's like, you're missing the point. You you Can you not see how there's clearly a double standard in our government? These people can do certain things. These people can't. If Biden does it, it's no problem. We'll write an NBC headline about it for one second. And then we'll forget about it. If it's Donald Trump, we're sending the FBI to his house to raid his house in the middle of the night, raid his closets and uh, and everything else because we want to send him to jail so that he can't run for president or he has a hard time running for president.
0: (laughs) And so it goes, and so it will continue. But at least we have the House of Representatives now. The leadership has been solidified. Uh, Some of these 20 got um, committee assignments that they wanted to have. They wanted more of the Freedom Caucus. That's what it is, right? Mm -hmm. They wanted to be on committees so that their voices could be heard. They're going to have that. So that's going to be a good thing. And we'll see where it goes. And, And, again, the big thing for me is oversight of what's going on, And be loud about it because the media is not going to help you out there. So be loud about it Um, and and get some things done with some teeth in it so that it means something. I don't want to just do – you know, virtue signaling is something we talk about on the podcast. I don't want to be guilty of it let's do something that that means something that is meaningful. And let's block this guy's agenda for the next two years and get help in the Senate. I think the Senate, you know, I'm not going to use a word again like red tsunami, but the way that the matchups line up in 2024, there's a better chance for the Republicans to take the Senate. And after two more years of Joe Biden, if we can't get a conservative president, then we should just give up.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And I I mean, to, to your point, too, I don't I don't know if you're making this point or not, so I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, but I don't think it's virtue signaling at all to do what you can with the House of Representatives. You know, even like I said, even if you know that it's not going to go to the Senate or not going to go to the president's desk, you still need to put people on the record, bring up these issues and bring them to a vote so that the American people are aware of these issues and they can see where their representatives uh, lie on the issues. And then go, going forward, you know, hopefully use that to leverage more conservative power in the government. I don't think that's virtue signaling at all. I think that's using the power that we have at the moment.
0: All right. Well, we'll see how it all comes out. Uh, but we're having a kumbaya moment. We're all going to kiss and make up and, and skip down the road together. Perhaps not. Uh, but we do want to welcome in our newest sponsor, Midwest GI Health in Lee's Summit. They serve all of eastern Jackson County for GI services, mainly the old colonoscopy. And uh, the doctor there who uh, is a big part of the podcast now, Mark Tarmina, um, he's there at Midwest GI Health. Uh, he's an Army vet. So, thank you for your service to our country. Trained at Walter Reed Army Medical Center, as a matter of fact, he's got a full staff there in Lee's Summit, and their main focus is colon cancer screening awareness. It's something that, if you get it early, it's treatable. If you wait and you don't do it, and I know I've done this once, Kurt, the prep is the absolute worst part. We're going to get Dr. Tarmina on here, and we're going to talk to him. Do Uh, uh, I don't know about that (laughs) we'll see well you know because I'm probably due for one again anyway Um, but, but that's one of the questions I have for him is can we get the prep thing any better? Uh, Because it used to be 50. 50 was the year that that you wanted to make sure you got your colonoscopy as a baseline. Uh, Dr. Taramina is now saying 45 is the new baseline. Uh, They have an attached endoscopy center, allowing a one-stop shop without a need for hospital visits. They're also uh, experts in inflammatory bowel disease like Crohn's. You've heard of that, right? Yeah. Uh, Ulcerative colitis, uh, they also offer outpatient hemorrhoid treatment. Uh, that's something that we really don't like to talk about here, but you know what? It happens. So so get uh, that looked at as well. Uh, but they're right there in Lee Summit, Midwest GI Health. And I'm telling you, I'm, I'm pleading with you uh, that, that colon cancer is one of those cancers that is very treatable, uh, caught at an early age and we hear stories all the time kirstie alley the actress was the the latest big name that i heard who died from colon cancer uh you gotta get it early you gotta screen for it and and we're glad to have uh, dr taramina and his whole staff at midwest gi health Uh, in fact if you want to get the the appointment there we should have a phone number up right
1: 816-836-2200 816 836 2200. And the website is MidwestGIHealth.com.
0: All right. Make sure that you tell them when you book the appointment that you heard about it here on Dale Carter's America. Now, the health update on Damar Hamlin. Um, continues to improve. In fact, the last I heard, Kurt, um, he was sent home to Buffalo to continue treatment but discharged. Uh, I watched a lot of football over the weekend, and it was all about Damar Hamlin and prayers for Damar Hamlin. And really, knowing how it turned out when it could have been so bad... Um it was it was really great to see the NFL community its fans, players, coaches, executives coming together in a moment of love and a moment of prayer. Yeah, here's some praying happening. Josh Dobbs the quarterback they have to- during
1: the uh Tennessee Jacksonville game and uh yeah, you mentioned he's doing a lot better. He's back in Buffalo apparently, which is great. Uh as last I've heard, no significant neurological damage. He's able to talk, walk um, breathe freely without the breathing tube, all those things. And, you know, uh, my thought on this too, which I mentioned before we started recording, this is just great to see. I mean, I, I really think, um, you know, my journey in faith, uh, it, it's very personal to me. I, I'm not really going to talk about it too much, but I'm trying to be better at it. I'm trying to pray more, read the Bible more, things like that. And I think we just need to bring, bring prayer back into public life as much as possible. And seeing things like this where... Players are praying together before games. uh, You know, that should be a regular thing. I mean, it shouldn't just be when somebody, when something tragic happens. You know, we should normalize that and have it happen all the time.
0: And I watched the pregame show, Uh, Boomer Esiason said something you know, in honor of DeMar Hamlin. He went around the table and and told the guys that he works with that he loves them. And then Jim Nance from Buffalo said, you know, to continue that, I love you guys too. There was a lot of love shared. And I think America is a better place when we're talking about prayer and love, Mm -hmm. when we talk about those two things. When we talk about hate and, and things like that, that's where we get off track.
1: Yeah, 100%, man, 100%. So,
0: so it was an emotional weekend in the NFL, um, and unfortunately that's not where we leave it. We, we leave it with, oh, you want to show the the kick return here? Yeah, yeah. This may, you know, th- I saw this live when it happened, and, and my thought was for all those people out there, those conspiracy theorists who think that the NFL is rigged <laughs> and this that it's help. fake, <laughs> this does not help. Yeah, this was the first play in the Buffalo game uh, when they came
1: back after the injury.
2: And I know this is your time. You'd like to keep us updated. Yeah, we'll keep everybody posted on Jim Nance with Cleveland, call. Miami. And the Jets were underway as New England decided to defer after winning the toss. And here's Hines on the run back, breaking a tackle. He's going. And taking it past midfield.
1: And He's down going to sideline he, he goes. may go. This oh stoke.
2: Oh, Touchdown. Kickoff return for Jamar Hamlin in this place. And it was absolutely in Buffalo too, right, of course. Wild. You just said this is a storybook
0: this is almost fake I just can't believe what just happened Josh Allen the same thing oh, yeah. six days removed it, it, from this it almost looked fake but yeah. and they got a second one in the game too yeah
1: the same guy I think and you know 50%. as a
0: Kansas City Chiefs fan uh, as the PA announcer for our Kansas City Chiefs um, I was really pulling for New England in this game mm-hmm. and if you took that touchdown off the board, they got a second run back for a touchdown. That same guy had yep. two in the same game. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think the quarterback for New England threw three interceptions. You yep. take Their defense, New England's defense, played very well. Mm-hmm. So Buffalo gets uh, the Miami Dolphins in the first round. Dolphins don't have a quarterback. I was joking with some of my friends who are Dolphins fans that maybe we could loan them Chad Henney for the game <laughs> because we got him from the Dolphins. So you can have him back at least for one game to, to help you guys out a little bit. Uh, they've got Skyler Thompson playing. Skyler actually won a high school state championship uh, here at Fort Osage. Oh, really? And then he went on to Kansas State, you know, where he was a standout for the Wildcats. I don't think he's an NFL quarterback. I don't think they have an NFL quarterback down there. Um, so that's going to be tough unless they can, the defense can just huckle down and take care of business. So Tua
1: for sure 100% is not playing?
0: He's in the concussion protocol. Um, so I don't know that he is going to play. Um, so the Dolphins are going to go up to Buffalo. I wish, but you can wish in one hand I mean, and crap in the other and see yeah. which one fills if he, up first. If
1: he does play – I mean, that's a a little bit of a different calculation. It is a little
0: bit of a different deal, but uh, Buffalo probably wins that game. Cincinnati is going to play Baltimore, so chances are the second round it's going to be Cincinnati at Buffalo since they're the number two. Right. And then we'd kind of pull for the Bengals because if Buffalo won and the Chiefs win their first playoff game – um, if Cincinnati wins, the AFC Championship game would be at Arrowhead, which right. I'd love.
1: Which happened last year, and we lost to well, Cincinnati. Well, you know, we so. got <laughs> some stuff to make up
0: for there. And you know, Patrick Mahomes, why I love Patrick Mahomes, because, and I'm off on a rant here on football, we'll get to the what we were going to talk about here in a minute, but the, one of the things I love about Patrick Mahomes, they they ask him about, you know, Uh, stuff like the MVP and winning a Super Bowl. And he says, well, I've done both, and and I love winning a Super Bowl. And then he he goes on to say, but you know what? In that AFC championship game last year, I had a lousy half, and it cost us another trip to the Super Bowl. Right. He said that on his own. Yeah.
1: Yeah, he's he's a humble guy. Love Um, that guy. Which hopefully stays – I mean, if if he's still humble at this point, I mean, he's basically the most popular quarterback in the NFL, so – Uh, It's good to see. Yeah, but so who do you have in the uh, in the Jaguars um, Chargers game? I think
0: the Chargers are going to win that game, and then the Chargers are going to come to Arrowhead, and that's going to be a tough putt for the Chiefs because it's tough to beat a team three times in the same season. And you know, Joey Bosa is going to be back; they're going to be healthy. Um, that's going to be a tough game. So we're going to have to be on those. If those two um, semifinal games for the AFC come out the way, I think they're going to be. They're going to be great games. They're going to be a lot better than the NFC games. I know you're an Eagles fan, but the AFC is so much better than the NFC. Yeah,
1: no, the AFC is stacked for sure. Yeah, Yeah, Bills Bill's, uh, Bengals and Chiefs Chargers. In the divisional round would be very entertaining for sure. It would.
0: And then the AFC Championship, if the Bills get it, you know by now, I'm sure, uh, that because of everything that happened with DeMar and they didn't play the bills Bengals game on that Monday night, um, that that AFC Championship game with the Bills and Chiefs only would be at a neutral site. Right. Um, and I don't even know if they've determined where that is Indianapolis was the first one and they said nope we're having a volleyball tournament that weekend (laughs) (laughs) can't they
1: just move the volleyball tournament I mean this is kind of a bigger deal don't you think volleyball tournament (laughs) AFC championship game
0: I'm with you on that but that's because you know I'm a heterosexual conservative
2: Um, you know because
0: the women on The View they weighed in on football and you know it is so sexist Kurt to say that women look at this this way men look at it that way even segregating it down to white conservative heterosexual men because there are a lot of women who are big fans of football especially in this yeah, town i mean i mean you you go to a game <laughs> at arrowhead stadium there's a lot of women there and they know what they're talking about and you know you really want to offend my wife uh, tell her that she doesn't know what she's talking about with football? i would never
1: i would never i would never ever say that i would never ever say that because but, she knows I mean, a lot about football it, it is true right that that uh there is a difference between men and women when it comes to sports. I mean, I think that's obvious, but there are well, certainly plenty of very excellent, very knowledgeable yeah. uh, NFL female fans, your wife amongst the, the highest of them. Well, I'm not a
0: doctor been. like Dr. Taormina, but uh, I think that men have penises and women have vaginas. So there is definitely a difference between men and women, yes. and there's really only two genders. That's true. Okay. So on to The View and their thoughts on football.
2: ...deal, and it's a $105 billion industry. Yeah. So- Only 45% of Americans think that ta- tackle football is appropriate. Wow. Uh, ha- heterosexual men voted the most support for kids uh, doing football, mm-hmm. and conservatives were more likely to support youth tackle football. Just saying. So I don't think <laughs> it ever. away from minute.
0: Well, time out here because Joe Biden was a football player. He was a receiver. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I did not know that. When the whole when the whole Tom Brady inflating the balls thing came out, I mean, I've got a great drop from Joe Biden. He when, wasn't a receiver then. He was a well, no, no, no. <laughs> but he was a receiver in school, and, and you back know, back in the 1920s. His thought on the whole Brady thing was, as a, as a receiver, uh, I always liked a softer ball. So that's that's from the mouth of Joe Biden. I'm not making that up. So, um, yeah. Oh, no. Okay. So the view would have us end football, contact football, right? Yeah. Yeah. Did you play any sports at all?
1: I played uh, soccer when I was very little. Okay. I do, played do, hockey okay. when I was in middle school. Well,
0: even better. You think kids get hurt playing soccer? Uh,
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. How about hockey?
1: Definitely. I got very hurt playing hockey. I I had to stop because I got uh, multiple concussions, a cracked rib, Mm -hmm. um, or a bruised rib, I guess. So this gets back to
0: the same thing on the Confederate, removing the names of Confederate things. What is the next logical step? How often do I say that? What is the next logical step? I mean, you, you take out football. Let's take out this. First of all, the DeMar Hamlin thing was a freak accident. I heard a doctor talking about it. I'm not a doctor. I heard a doctor talking about it on uh, one of the news channels and she said that basically all these things had to happen at r- just the right time. He had to be hit just a certain way as his heart was reacting a certain way. So, I mean, it's almost like the chances of winning you know, the Mega Millions. Maybe DeMar should get a Mega Millions ticket because he might be uh, ready to go on that. Um, but, you know, in my own case, Kurt, I played football, never got hurt. Yeah, not, I didn't get hurt bad in football. Mm. There, There's hurt and there's injured, right? right you right. can play hurt, you can't play injured. Um, but the scar that I have on my knee from my first surgery in 1979 came from wrestling. Mm. So you want to eliminate wrestling? My yeah. wife's had her knees rebuilt from tennis. You want to get rid of tennis? Right. How right. many surgeries has Tiger Woods had from golf? You want to get rid of golf? Right.
1: Yeah, it's a good point. And you know, my wife and I have talked about, uh, letting our future kids play football or not. And, you know, she Joy Behar makes that uh, point that it's, you know, heterosexual conservative men that are wanting their kids to play tackle football. I don't really know. I, I'm, I'm undecided on it, to be honest. I think maybe before a certain age, I might not let my kids play yeah. football just because it is, uh, you know, very injury prone. It is very violent. But you make the point that that happens in, in any sport. And I'll tell you, the one sport that I definitely did not get injured uh, was in high school, my I always joke with people. The uh the extent of my high school athletic career is I was on the J V bowling team. So there you go. I didn't get injured on that. I know but I did not. I, I miraculously escaped injury on the J V bowling team in high school. So I'm very thankful for you that. You could
0: slip on the lane there. Yeah. You know, tear an ACL or something.
1: Yeah. I mean, there are ways that you can get hurt. Dro- drop the ball in, you know, a, a unfortunate place. On oh foot. my! I mean, you
0: know, yeah, there there are places you can get injured. So you know, that's the slippery slope. Let's just get rid of. And when they they start to make it about race again, that just pisses me off. Yeah. Because if you look at the NFL, I don't know what the current makeup of the NFL is, but I want to say seventy to eighty percent African American.
1: Yeah, right? we've pulled up. We've pulled up the. Uh, or I believe I have the uh, statistics on rate the racial makeup of the NFL by per position, and you know some positions are uh, disproportionately white, like kickers, for example, um, linemen, linemen, uh, and punters, uh, quarterbacks less so, but somewhat. Uh, there's a lot of like black quarterbacks in this kind of n- new generation of quarterbacks. Uh, Where
0: does Patrick Mahomes fit? He's got a black dad and a white mom.
1: Yeah, I don't know. They probably count him as black, I guess. But um, And then you have other positions like cornerback. Uh, I think there's like one white cornerback in the entire NFL. It's like 99% black quarterbacks, uh, cornerbacks, excuse me, in the NFL. So uh, there you have yeah. it.
0: So, I mean, my question out of that is, are we forcing them to play football or do they love to play football?
1: Yeah, I mean, ask you should ask them. I, I have, yeah. and,
0: and and they've said, you know, they love the game, they're playing the game, and we root for them. I mean, how does that make us racist? We're rooting for them.
1: Yeah, and people, you know, a lot of players obviously have been interviewed this past week with the uh, Damar Hamlin situation about violence in football, about their opinions of playing football, and. I mean, every single one of them without fail, like not not one person was like, oh, this injury has like really made me rethink whether I want to play football or not. None of them said that they were all like, you know, obviously praying. This is tragic. We're praying for his recovery. And it's uh, I forget who it was, but they, they said, you know, it's a it's a wake up call. It's a, It's refreshing because it's we are blessed to play this game. It's a violent game, but we're blessed to be here we're blessed that most of us are safe, and we just are thankful for every day and being able to compete and all this stuff. So,
0: uh, of course. It's, it's not a game where you're out to hurt somebody, okay? Right. You're really not. It is a violent game, and there are injuries that occur. But I'll just tell you from my own perspective why I love football and the National Football League in particular. Unlike soccer, which comes across as like a gym activity, <laughs> you got a bunch of kids running around there, you know, kicking the ball, you know, trying to get it into the net or whatever. With football, you've got 11 players going against 11 players. There's strategy involved. How are we going to move this ball from here to here? You know, uh, there, you've know, there you got to get 11 parts moving in rhythm in order to get it done. And when it doesn't move in rhythm, you see what happens. Mm-hmm. I mean, when it moves in rhythm, it is a beautiful thing. And we're going to get to something on that coming up here. Uh, but first, I want to mention Bob Watson again, our Blue Springs State Farm agent for five decades at 7th and Main in Blue Springs. He is very much a Chiefs fan, and I know he's a Missouri Tigers fan, so I know he's going to love this pull over that I'm wearing here. And the only reason I'm wearing it, Bob, because the Tigers don't play tonight. I'm just trying to stay warm in this cold studio that we have to have to keep the cameras going. 816-229-7878. His staff is ready to help you. Not an 800 number that's going to send you bouncing around the world to somebody where English is their fourth language. It's folks in Blue Springs who are there to help you with auto, home, life, commercial insurance, even boats as so we get warmer weather coming. Licensed in both Missouri and Kansas. Uh, State Farm with surprisingly great rates right now. You can get everything you need staff-wise and a great guy like Bob Watson to insure you um, without paying exorbitant rates. And Bob and his team can walk you through it. So if you're ready to get a quote, call Bob, 816-229-7878, uh, State Farm. Um, Again, the office in Blue Springs at 7th and Main, uh, but he can work with you anywhere in Kansas or Missouri. And now, a special video message from Royal Roofing and Solar. couple of things here, housekeeping notes. My friend Bill Floors reached out to me. They are doing a special deal. It's a lecture and presentation by photographer Pete. It's either Kai Hart or Keyhart. I don't know the guy, uh, but he's covering the war in Ukraine. Um, And they're doing this uh, deal next Tuesday, January 17th at the Hilltop Conference Center in Overland Park. Uh, It's free admission, but they're asking for at least a $10 donation. Um, And you've got the link up there on Facebook and Rumble. Um, Can you also put that on our Facebook page?
1: Yeah, I can share it. Um, It's covering the Ukraine War lecture and presentation by Pete Keyhart at Hilltop Conference Center. Again, Tuesday, January 17th, 2023 at 6.30 p.m.
0: A lot of great photojournalism is coming out of that horrific war that's uh, going on in Ukraine. It's all about covering uh, the war in Ukraine for the world to see what's going on there. On a much lighter note, as we bring in our other sponsor on this, Fun House Pizza, this is the kind of thing that Jim Dingman would be all over because it's fun, right? We talk about the NFL and how fun it is. Fun House Pizza is all about the fun. Uh, they're on 50 Highway in Lee's Summit, 7 Highway in Blue Springs. Great pizza, very cold beer, uh, non-alcoholic drinks for the kiddos, and just a fun atmosphere where they do all kinds of contests for tickets and things like that. Jim Dingman, a great American, a Marine, and uh, we thank him for his service to the country. And uh, again, you got a young kid that you need to get them out of the house there, so they can get some pocket money, maybe some money to get their, their temp tag off their vehicle and get it, you know, licensed like it should be licensed. Um, Jim Dingman will help you out because he'll put those kids to work. Uh, Blue Springs and Lee Summit. When we do live events, we do them at Funhouse Pizza because it's a great atmosphere, and uh, we love being there. We love having him uh, on the podcast. So, what's fun about football? The Kansas City Chiefs have been described, and I've described them this way, as the Harlem Globetrotters of the NFL. They just have fun. And there's nothing more fun than beating up on the Raiders. You're showing the video here. This is the snow globe play. So imagine a huddle in the, in football, and they're, they're dancing. They're doing a ring around the rosy. Then they break out of it, and the reason for that was to hide Patrick Mahomes because he didn't take the snap. The snap went to Jarek McKinnon. McKinnon tosses it back to Mahomes, and then Mahomes throws it to um, Kadarius Toney, and Tony scores a touchdown. Now it's called back because our center body slammed a Raider <laughs> in the end zone. <laughs> but play the video. It's good to hear the commentary on oh, this. Okay,
2: cool. <clears throat> Look at this.
1: <laughs> I've never seen that before in my life. And Kelsey's carousel, lined up in the backfield, back back. too. That normally doesn't happen.
0: Do they show the whole play or not? No, not I was going to say, one, if you followed Creed Humphrey all the way into the end zone, you would see him. And I know Chiefs fans are saying, what a bullshit holding call that took away a touchdown. They did score a touchdown with Kadarius Tony on the very next play. Yeah. But Creed Humphrey basically takes the linebacker for the Raiders, Kurt, and he bear hugs him and body slams him. <laughs> I mean, that is textbook holding. You can't do that. Now, if you block and you don't do the bear, hug and you pancake them, that's one thing. Mm. But what uh, Creed did was obviously holding. But what this teaches us about life is life is short. You know, I went to um, Mass once with a visiting priest, and he said something that has stuck with me my entire, the rest of my life, Kurt. Life is short, death is certain. Mm. That's two things we can't avoid. Life is short, death is certain. So make every day count and have a little fun along the way, right? That's what the Kansas City Chiefs showed us with the snow globe play. And when you see the Chiefs play football, Kurt, they're having fun. It's fun to watch. Yeah. And it is a game. Yes. Right? I know it's a, what do they say on The View, a $100 billion business. Mm -hmm. We get all that. There's a business side to it. But there's also a game going on. And our Chiefs show you that it can be fun. Absolutely. Yeah. With that, we leave you until next week. Have some fun today. This is Dale Carter's America.
2: The views expressed on Dale Carter's America are Dale's and Kurt Wheelers. They do not necessarily reflect the views of KFKF or Steel City Media. Comments can be sent to dalecartersamerica at gmail.com. Check back for weekly episodes. Subscribe, spread the word, and give us a five-star review. Thanks for being a part of Dale Carter's America.